If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Wednesday, June 24th. We've got so many questions. I'm going to get right into it. Here is what Guy writes. He says, I've been listening to you since you started recording every day at the beginning of the lockdown. Thank you for making the podcast so accessible and detailed. You and Mark do a great job. I also get a kick out of your expressions too. I guess I say, oh, brother. I didn't know I said that, but that's funny. It's better than what I'm really thinking. Anyway, Guy writes, I consider myself well-versed in personal finance, partly because I went to school and work in a field deep in the numbers and have been in love with compound interest from a young age. You and me both, man. Okay, Guy is 25 years old, rents in Chicago. He makes $75,000 annually. He contributes 11% to a Roth 401k And he also gets a 6% match through his company's Fidelity account. He says, I've got $24,000 in a Robinhood account because I like the flexibility to contribute and have got more control over the investments. And it's just an engaging experience. All of my investments are in low-cost exchange-traded funds. I have six months of expenses in an emergency fund, too. If I were to buy in the area where I rent, it's roughly the same monthly price. Hmm, Okay. So let's see. In 10 years, I wouldn't be surprised if I had a partner and offspring. What type of savings account should I be using to save for a down payment? Should I wait to buy until I have a family, if at all? Thank you so much. You know, here's what I would say. You don't know exactly when you're going to be doing this. But what I might do is I might look at the Robinhood account and say, okay, that's my my non-retirement account. Some portion of that account, you may want to just lock down after you're done playing and make some money and then move some of it in cash and to slowly but surely make sure that that account is kind of geared towards the intermediate term rather than the long term. Now, if you don't want to do that, I just think because it's easy to have one account. If you want to have a separate account, then you could easily just open up a savings, a money market, something like that. The problem is that you're going to get paid bupkis in interest right now. So, I mean, look, this is kind of a ways off. So I'm not even sure you need to be super safe with this because we just don't know what's going to happen. But I think that having a non-retirement account of some sort, maybe again, it's that Robinhood account where you just pop the money and you don't really freak out too much that you're not you know, chasing things higher. You can have some of the risk tamped down in that account. That's what I would suggest. Dan writes, thanks for the daily podcast with Mark. You guys make a good team. And I listen to them on my way home from work each day. 
Here's my question. My wife and I are 51 years old. I make about $200,000 a year. My wife is transitioning career interest, but will likely make around 50 grand a year. We've got one and a half million dollars in 401k accounts uh, with different index funds. We max them out. We've also been maxing out IRAs for both of us and using the backdoor scenario to put more money into Roth IRAs. Great. So they've got about 75 grand in those accounts, another 250,000 in after-tax retirements index funds, and they've paid off their house. It's worth about 600 grand. We're sitting on Hang on gang, here's the here is the money sentence. We're sitting on about $375,000 in cash right now and we're scared to go into the market. What should I do with that cash? I want to hang on to 100,000 in an emergency fund. But what about the rest, the 275? I'm not a believer in timing the market. I'm worried about volatility and the upcoming election. Should I hold on to the cash until after the election? Thanks for your help. You guys are great. Well, Dan, here's what I would do. I would not wait till after the election. It's long-term money, okay? You're going in this for the long-term. But I also understand it might be really scary for you to put all of this money in at once. So why not dollar cost average? I mean, you could put some money in every month and stick to it. And that way, if the market goes up or down, you're not going to get freaked out. But, you know, a little bit at a time. That's what I would do. And I would pick some amount that you feel like you could just do. You know, even if, if it's 10 grand, is it 15 grand? I don't know what it is, but put that money to work, put it in your after tax investment index funds, and make sure it's a diversified portfolio. And I think if you do that, I think you'll be better off. Stick to your game plan. All right. Excellent. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greg writes, we love your podcast. We've been trying to plan my mom's retirement. She has worked with an airline for 42 years. They just offered her a buyout. She's planning on selling her house in Colorado, likely to net about $270,000. She'll then downsize to a home in Arizona, hoping to pay cash for that place, unless you have a better idea. She has about $200,000 in a 401k, two pensions when she turns 65, which would amount to about $1,500 a month. She lives by herself. She's going to turn 65 in September. Her biggest decision is, should she collect Social Security now, $1,900 a month, a little bit more in September, or wait till she's 66 and two months? She's no other savings, no other debt. She will have zero income after July of 2020. What do you think? Okay, here's what I think. Don't collect the social security early. Wait till the full retirement age. Whatever that full retirement age, use that. Now, next, let's say that she's going to net this 270 grand from the house. Fine. If she takes that and keeps some money set aside to float her for a year to pay before she starts collecting social security, that's all she needs to do. That's it. I wouldn't necessarily use all of my cash up to pay for that house. 
I would hope that she could use some portion of it. It wouldn't be a terrible thing for her to have a small mortgage, but I don't want her to burn up all of her cash on the house because she still needs to actually have some money that is outside of retirement and she's going to want to live on that money. So that's what I think you should do. Ron in California says that he appreciates what we're doing for our listeners. He says, my wife and I are looking to retire in the next three to five years. I'm 59. She's 56. We have an annual combined income of 340 grand. Wow. That's a lot. We have paid off our home. We've got zero debt. We have an investment portfolio of approximately five and a half million dollars. Yahoo! We both max out our current Roth 401k contributions into our plans at work. We decided to do this several years ago to prevent future withdrawals from being taxable on these Roth plans. We both have significant retirement plans from current and former jobs, total combined $1.8 million. We've got an excess of 12 months emergency reserve, and we're thinking of investing in TIPS. Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. The pros and cons of tips. Okay. The pro is that when inflation comes down the line, you've got something that's inflation protected. The con, lousy interest right now because inflation expectations are really low. If you're really worried about inflation, you know, one good thing to remember is that a general portfolio that is diversified with some stocks and some cash and some bonds is going to give you a lot of protection down the line because actually stocks don't do so bad during inflationary times. But I just don't think that tips right now make the most sense. I'd like to know more about what your allocation looks like in these portfolios. So how about this? Here's, here's my offer to you, Ron. If you and your wife could send me what that portfolio looks like, and then maybe we can talk about where a, a better fixed income product might go in those portfolios and whether or not any sort of government bond makes sense at this time. Okay. Benjamin says, I've heard the term deflation many times over the years, never in a good way. What exactly is deflation? And if it ever occurred, what would be its effect on our well-being? Well, deflation is the opposite of inflation. Prices go down. The reason why it's really bad is that people just stop buying stuff because they wait for things, prices to go down more. And it results in an economy that essentially stands still. Deflation is pernicious. It's very hard for government to spur action from the consumers who are just waiting around for prices to go down. And it also means that wages usually stagnate as well. So it's not good. We don't like deflation and we hope we don't get it. Mark, did I blow through those or what? I'm a woman on the path right now. I'm on the warpath getting through these emails. If you have a financial question, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. And uh, be patient with us. We are kind of getting through here. It's been so tough just to get through all these emails, but we're doing our best. We are grateful that you listen to us every day. Don't forget, you can always go onto the website. We've got a lot of resources there that can help you out. As always, wash your hands, wear your masks, physically distance yourself from people, socially reach out to them, lift someone up, do something nice for somebody. Please do that. Don't forget Mark Talercio. He's our executive producer and he's the best producer in the world. And by the way, our music is composed by friend of the pod, Joel Goodman. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.